Hey guys, uh, welcome to Hard Knocks UT. Cody Henry, Michael Farber, just like every week. This week we've got Austin Brown and Bennett Ganey. Uh, Bennett's from the Crunch Time Plays podcast. You guys know Austin from Ball Twitter, uh, Channel TN, five other different burners you don't even know he runs. What's What's going on, guys? Going good, man. Just uh, another day here in East Tennessee, waiting on this fun football season we got coming. It's gonna be a blast. Seventeen days. <laughs> yep. Seventeen days. Here we go. Yeah, guys. Really appreciate you. Uh, really appreciate you having me. No problem. Glad, glad to have you on, Bennett. Um, you know, we're looking to get as many people on as we can. Trying to spread the word. Get some guys on. Talk about football. What what's some some games this season you guys think will just be huge games? The one that stands out the most for me is Georgia versus Clemson. That's probably the biggest. I, I, uh, I, think, I, I think that's uh, the biggest from the uh, SEC. Yeah, out of conference for sure. And uh, Texas A&M Alabama kind of stands out for me. Uh, not 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 as sure Alabama is going to be just steamrolling everybody. And AM's always looking to come off that 91 season where they're returning a lot of starters. So that's so. that's a game I kind of had circled too because I really like the way Texas AM's schedule lines up. They've got mm-hmm. that week two game um, where they play uh, Colorado. And unfortunately, you know, the news just came out that JT Shrouds out for the season for Colorado, former the former Tennessee quarterback there. So, Texas A&M's got Kent State, Colorado, who's going to be kind of without the guy that everybody thought was battling for for the QB spot. New Mexico, Arkansas, Mississippi State. So, they'll probably go into that Alabama game easy 5-0. They should. Should. They should. Should. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, unless unless Arkansas really shows shows their stuff. I mean – Arkansas, I don't know what to expect from them. They got to prove it to me this year for me to put them at the level of a team like Auburn or Ole Miss. They, I have Ole, um, I have Ole Miss really high on my on my expectations this year. Arkansas's got that KJ Jefferson um, at quarterback. He was the number five dual threat in the nation last class, and with a guy like. Uh, is it still Kendall Browse at OC? You know, yeah, they could draw up everything. When, I, when we were in Fayetteville last year for the Tennessee game, I thought Tennessee had that game one at halftime, and they just came out with a completely different offense in the second half. It was it was bonkers, dude. They were putting the ball everywhere. Yeah, we're we were zero three, three all time versus Felipe Franks. Yeah, with two uh, different two different schools. Yep, I just realized that the other day. Like, uh, you know, there's some pain that a man shouldn't go through. And going on three versus Felipe Franks is something I just, I, it's just hard to be respect, hard, hard to, hard to get excited for your football program after realizing that. I won three uh, against Will Greer with two different schools too. Felipe's worse. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Will, Will, Will you, uh, okay, I, I can still muster some confidence up. Felipe freaking Franks, no. 
And then you've got, um, oh, what's the kid name? Uh, we talked about it last week with Trey Wallace, uh, the former South Carolina QB that's at oh. uh, South Alabama um, now. What's his name? Oh, I'm going to have to look it up. I can't uh, remember. Jake Bentley. Yep. Jake, Jake Bentley. Bentley. Yep. If if South Alabama pulls a, pulls a miracle, he could be like the fourth or fifth quarterback to beat Tennessee with two different teams in like the last five seasons. Who else has done that? There's probably like a couple more. I, it's it's so much fun being a Tennessee fan because right you get you get fun stats like that. I mean, well, where else are you gonna get stuff like that? Come on, man. You know, uh, speaking of which. Um, there's a really interesting game on Ole Miss's schedule that kind of reminds me of that Southern Miss game or Southern Alabama game. Uh, All right, they actually uh, have to they actually have to play Liberty. I see. Ooh. I see that at the end of the year, towards yeah. the end of the year. My gosh! Oh my gosh! That is that is going to be a big matchup. I mean, you underrated think you, matchup. Think Hugh Freeze is fired up about that game? I think it's. I think they might. Like, I wonder if it like affects their whole season because he's so prepared for that game. He just worries for that game every week. <laughs> now, will will Caden Saucer can't get it to like open season? Will Caden so Saucer be available to play for them by then? I mean, are, are they are they holding him under any suspension or anything? I'm not I sure. So. I mean, it's he freeze, sure. so I'm pretty sure he can get away with a good bit with him. He doesn't. He doesn't seem like a short leash guy. He wasn't. Okay. He wasn't short leash guy. Short leash guy with himself. So, another team. Just looking around here, Mississippi State um, had a a pretty disappointing season last year. They start this year with, uh, you know, what most teams wouldn't consider tough out of conference opponents, but they start this year with Louisiana Tech, NC State. And then they have to go to Memphis. That for for the team that they were last year, I could see that being three three losses. Do you think that totally. would, think that puts Mike Leach on the hot seat? I wouldn't go mm. that far. Yeah, I don't know. I, and Mike Leach is kind of guy. Got to give him a little bit, bit of time to install everything. Because I mean, Washington State was nothing for the first like three years. He was there, and then all of a sudden they're winning nine ten games a year. Uh, and he's a guy that has success everywhere. So uh, those games are really interesting. That's like the perfect three matchups where I would put that in, 50, 50, in the 50-50 range on them oh, winning yeah. all three of them. I, I, you can go 3-0, you can go 0-3, you can go 1-3. You can do – nothing would surprise me. Yet. I, I could see that being a rough start for Mississippi State. And then, if they really have it together, they, it could be a good start. Who's, Who's their quarterback um, they had last year? That's what I was about to ask. Who's their quarterback? Was that that transfer? It was a transfer from Stanford. They had, they, they had a lot of yeah. They had a lot of injuries. Like they had a lot of quarterbacks in there last year. And I think they had yeah. trouble. Um, I think they had trouble deciding on like their core wide receivers that they really wanted to use. Like uh, that's kind of how we ended up with uh, Peyton, Javante's uh, yeah. Peyton. Yeah. I can't get a good gauge for them, really. Nothing would really surprise me there. Like I could see them winning six or seven games or three. It really is, really is anything of them. 
And that's Mike Leach, though. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can't get a read on that guy at all, much less never. You know, what's his team going to do? Yep. Yep. What about or, um? What about uh Alabama and Miami? Is that upset alert? Bryce Young's first start? No. No. I don't think so either, but I've seen a lot of it on Twitter. I'm, I'm never gonna pick Alabama. Like, when was the last time Alabama came into a game where against a team that wasn't ranked in the top five and just got shocked and lost? I mean, I'm trying to think of any time. Maybe outside of conference, or just like outside of the top ten of college football. Probably, like, Nick, probably Nick Saban's first year when they lost to UL Monroe. <laughs> yeah, I, I never. Like sometimes we try to hype up those games, like it's going to be interesting that Alabama just steam drilled them beyond Bolivian, uh, yeah. Bolivian. And at this at this point, I will never even act like there's even a slight chance until it actually happens. I'm trying to think of any time. I mean, they destroyed the USC. They destroyed Florida State. They destroyed West Virginia. They destroyed Louisville. I mean, USC, I can't, Michigan. Yeah. I can't think of any time. That Michigan game two years ago, that was kind of close. Yeah, it was. What was the score? I can't remember it. I'd have I to thought go back Michigan to like 2011. No, the, the year that we played uh, Indiana in Jacksonville. Uh, oh, you're talking about the bowl game. The bowl game, the, yeah, yeah. I was talking about the they played them to open the season. I think it was like 2011 or something. It was 35-16. Okay. So oh, 15. Wow. Or that's more nineteen point win. Yeah. So even. <clears throat> yeah, I mean they they have that game as Oklahoma, but in the Sugar Bowl. But I'm pretty sure they didn't care. They didn't want to be in that game. Didn't uh. Well, I mean it was the national championship game, but I know we're trying to stick to the start of the year. Clemson blew them out, forty-four to fourteen, wasn't it? Oh, was yeah. that Ohio yeah. State? Uh, it was. Uh, it was Clemson. Yeah. Now, in the national title, it was Clemson. And in the Sugar Bowl, the first, I think it was the first playoff ever, they uh, got beat by a few touchdowns or a couple touchdowns by Ohio State. And who, who was their quarterback? It wasn't JT Barrett. It was the uh, backup below him. Oh, um, um, they had the third. They had, they had the third string playing the freaking national yeah. title game. It no one like, was. Yeah, it was uh, Cardell Jones. Yeah. Cardell Jones. Yeah. 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 Man, Meyer's a good coach. I mean, that's that, – that, right. that's that's insane. I mean, they had Blake Sims, and that was the year we almost beat them. Or was he? Hey. Urban Meyer might be a good coach, but he's got two losses to these guys right here coming. <laughs> Titans. I, pro- I hope so. It better be. It better be two losses. I don't. Do you, I don't think he'll do much in the NFL. Yeah. How do you? How do you think he fits in the NFL? Because I see him more as a college quarterback. I don't see him fitting very well in the NFL system. Yeah, me either. Uh, I I could see it going one of two ways. I don't. He could either be a Nick Saban. Which what is Nick Saban? I mean, he never had a quarterback at Miami. If he drafts through a breeze instead of Marcus, uh, whatever his name was, you know that guy. Um, there, Miami he might win a Super Bowl with the Dolphins and never leave the NFL. So, I don't know. He could be like Spurrier, never work in the NFL, or he could be at like Pete Carroll. You know, so yeah. I kind of see him more as a Pete Carroll. I kind of do, to be honest. So I think he might do okay. 
especially with Trevor Lawrence. He has all the pieces. Oh, man. I don't know. He just needs to let it build a little bit. All right. So, Bennett, you said you're from the South Carolina area, right? Yep, that's right. What do you think about Shane Beamer down there in South Carolina? What do you think about that hire? Well, it's it's kind of, you know, there's a lot of people outside of South Carolina that think, well, he doesn't have any coordinator experience or, or doesn't have any, any head coaching experience at all. I know that was, but it was really, you know, it's really, it's really a, a, a hire that, that South Carolina needed to make. It's a, it's a culture hire. It's kind of like Sam Pittman uh, at Arkansas kind of equating him to that. But, but, you know, the kind of the national narrative has been, well, he's never, he's never recruited on this level that, you know, the people compare him to, to Brian Harson and the fact that, that he, that people think that, that Brian Harson will have more success on the recruiting trail early on, but that, that just hasn't been the case because Shane Beamer's been at, at South Carolina before. And then Brian Harson's just coming into the SEC for the first time. So it's really been kind of a, it's really been kind of a, a national thing to where the people who aren't familiar with South Carolina aren't necessarily as high on the hire, but if you've been around the program for, for any length of time, you know, that's exactly the hire that, that needed to be made after, after uh, the last couple rough couple years uh, under the Will Muschamp era. Yeah. I was, I was, I was kind of low on the hire, but South Carolina is currently 18th in the nation in recruiting um, three, four stars, 13, three stars. I mean, he's rolling on the recruiting trail. Yeah, he, he really is. And it started out with, you know, flipping Donovan West Merlin from Georgia uh, back in May. It really started a, a really great summer leading into to June when we had the the open period. And, you know, the momentum just kind of just kind of continued from there. They've you know, had had 12 commits uh, in the months of June and July. And it's been some really, really great type talented players. Uh, of course, they have hit. A little bit of adversity in the first week of fall camp with with Karan Prunty, who was obviously in a in a recruiting battle, South Carolina and Tennessee, as y'all probably know, and and so he's left the, the South Carolina program now due to personal reasons, and certainly wish him the best. And and Luke Doty obviously got stepped on uh, in practice on Friday, so it looks like he's going to miss the the rest of fall camp. Not necessarily as as bad as as people. Uh, as reports initially uh, indicated, so he's he's just going to be out with a with a foot sprain uh, for the next uh, few weeks, hopefully, and for for South Carolina and and Jason Jason Brown and and Colton Gothier are in a quarterback battle right now. Personally, I think it's going to be Jason Brown to start uh, the season just because he has uh, college experience and, and you know, but neither of the you know all three of these guys doesn't don't have any any experience in in Marcus Satterfield's offense and the offensive coordinator that Shane Beamer hired after Mike Bobo went to Auburn. So it's really going to be interested to see uh, what the offense looks like. And a lot of people don't, don't really know, you know, I expect we're going to see a lot of, a lot of 12 personnel given the, uh, the running backs and the tight ends that that South Carolina has. And, and so it's, it's going to be interested to see how quickly can Luke Doty come back because he's definitely the clear number one, a starting quarterback and, and what, the offense is going to look like maybe in the first two weeks with with Jason Brown or Colton Gothier leading the uh, leading the offense in the first couple of weeks. Thankfully, you got a uh, thankfully you've got Eastern Illinois the first week. So if you have to go without Luke Doty in the first week, that's probably not going to be too much of an issue with the 
run game and the offensive line that South Carolina has. But but if you if you don't have Luke Doty in uh in game two against East Carolina, I think there's going to be a lot of people. Uh, East Carolina normally gets up for these these big games, as as everybody knows, and and I think a lot of people if. If South Carolina doesn't have Luke Doty, I think there's going to be a lot of people thinking that uh, East Carolina can upset South Carolina in week two. So that's that's a game I had circled. Um, you know, I don't I don't know if Eastern Carolina can beat them or not, but uh, you can bet um, taking East Carolina to cover whatever that spread is on FanDuel the week before that game. Uh, you you mentioned Purdy out. Uh, actually kind of got excited when I heard he was going to leave South Carolina. I thought he might be coming to Knoxville. Cause like you said, there was a recruiting battle there. And I was like, as soon as I heard that, I was like, tell me there's a chance he's still coming here. But from what I've heard, he's wanting to move closer to back to home. Yeah. Yeah. From all indications, uh, based on, based on the, the reporting that I've heard is, is he's dealing with some family uh, situation. There's, Certainly going to wish him the best, and I think he wants to be uh, wants to be closer to home. He's he's from Virginia, kind of you know. He was kind of under recruited, so I think that's why he ended up uh, at Kansas. But you know, he's a freshman All American at Kansas. I know South Carolina fans were obviously really excited when when Karan Prunty committed to to South Carolina. It's kind of penciled in at a at a starting cornerback spot. So what was already a maligned uh, secondary for South Carolina. Uh, to start with is is going to be even more maligned now, but but Marcellus Dial's a guy that a corner that's that's really been the type of buzz that you want to hear uh, in fall camp. So it looks like he's going to be a a starting corner alongside Cam Smith, who's currently out uh, with a foot injury, also himself. So hopefully to get him back, uh, South Carolina for the first game. So. It's going to be interesting to see what the secondary looks like the first few weeks. If you're if you're Shane Beamer and then Clayton White and Torian Gray on that defensive side of the ball for sure. For sure. Um, hey, y'all y'all are in a tough spot like re- recruiting, and it's honestly pretty outstanding how he's doing so far, uh, Beamer, because you got Clemson obviously just being a monster that no one saw coming. And then you got North Carolina building into what seems to be a somewhat national power. I mean, Mac Brown is working miracles over there. I mean, they were in the Orange Bowl last year. And then you got Georgia just as good as ever. And, uh, hell, the rest of the ACC is pretty decent. And the SEC is going to try their best to steal as much as we can. It's, yeah, uh, I mean, there, there's no doubt about that. I mean, North Mac Brown's got, uh, got North Carolina pretty much locked down when it comes to all the – the top in-state talent there. You make it South Carolina make it get a couple guys that that are you know maybe legacy type guys from from North Carolina or guys that that kind of slips through the cracks for from North Carolina. But they do have uh, two two commits from Texas so far in this class. Something that that's never been done at, at South Carolina. And they are uh, hitting the Northeast a lot more. Pete Limbo's the assistant coach now at South Carolina, special teams coordinator, and and a assistant head coach and he's really got a lot of a lot of ties to the to the northeast area and and what's been interesting to me I've you know I've never really heard of any South Carolina staff really try to base on the fact that so many students at South Carolina come from the northeast because because it's definitely true a lot of the the population of students from South Carolina comes from the northeast since they are the 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 northernmost SEC school on this side on the side of the, on the map. So if you, you know, if you want to come 
play in the SEC. If you're a Northeastern guy, South Carolina is going to be the closest thing for you. And obviously flights are coming in from to Columbia all the time. So see a lot of guys in the Northeast have seemed to to be drawn to, to South Carolina just because of that from that standpoint. Yeah, that's yeah. actually what I was just looking at. Out of South Carolina's three, four stars, two are from Pennsylvania and one's from uh, Delaware. Is yeah, that something to do with like some staff though there? Like like is there staff members on on his uh on his staff with uh northeastern ties? Like we had that with Joe Osavet back during the Pruitt days and it seemed like we'd pull guys from Maryland, Delaware, New York, and New Jersey. Yeah, Pete Limbo is really a guy uh, in the Northeast that the South Carolina has on their staff, and he was head coach at Ball State for a while. And um, obviously, Shane Beamer's recruited the DMV area, you know, DC, Virginia, Maryland area. But but Pete Pete Limbo is definitely a guy that that's come in and and hit the Northeast uh, really hard. And and you and Braden Davis, the quarterback commit for twenty twenty two. He is he's from Delaware and also Marshawn Lloyd, who didn't get to play last year due to the ACL tear. He's going to be back this year. He's from Delaware as well. So he had a lot to do with with Braden Davis's recruitment, the quarterback from Delaware. And then and then Keenan Nelson Jr. and Ryan Brubaker are two guys from from Pennsylvania that Pete Limbo had a lot to do with. So that's that's really smart. You got to find somewhere else to attack because Georgia. Like going coming in with the South Carolina when Georgia and Florida are all recruiting the state of Georgia and Carolina, you need something else. And that's really smart, I think. If if those athletes are up to the level you need them to be, which can be it can be FEI as I as we know well that some Northeastern athletes don't quite live up to the expectations. We had a quarterback for a while that was from New Jersey and uh, it was it was a fun four years, man. <laughs> Hey, uh, when's when's JJ Peterson going to get on campus? Uh, you know we're we're, we're looking at a 2024. He, you know he's he's, he's, he's trying yeah. to lose a little bit of weight and he's got yeah. trouble at home. We're gonna we're gonna put a thumbtack in that and come back to it. I remember right, he was from Philadelphia. <laughs> oh, he was. Yeah. What? Well, no, I'm pretty sure JJ Peterson. He might have been from Georgia, but he was from like a prep school and came from like a oh. prep school in Philadelphia. Yeah, he was a big get in Pruitt's first class, and uh, oh yeah, still waiting on that one. Well, he's gone now. Where did he go to? Where did he go to? I forgot. Uh, Here. that's a good question. I think it was like a right small school. He, he maybe Kansas or something. Where is JJ Peterson? <laughs> We've never known. <laughs> the one time he. We knew where he was. Uh, yeah, he was going to yeah. run roughshod over Alabama. Uh, if you Google it, it just uh, brings up a bunch of all Twitter tweets. It's weird. Shut that's that right. down. <laughs> that's where he's been. Yeah. Well, we're looking at. You know, I, Kentucky is a really interesting team. Just want to throw that in there. Kentucky. I don't know what to expect from them. I did yeah. want to save Kentucky for last. You're right. They're, you don't know what's coming out, but all of their fans seem to know it's going to be good. That's what they say every year. It's just they never can seem to put a good offense together, and they usually have a above-average defense, but when you put superior athletes versus uh, in front of them, they just get blown away. Uh, it's usually those, those kind of teams. I know they got the transfer quarterback from Penn State. 
And I was listening to a Penn State fan the other day on his podcast, and he he did not think much of that guy. I forget his name, but he, he did not think too much of him. He was not very accurate. That's what I heard. Just on par with the Kentucky quarterbacks we've seen over the past few years. Except for uh, who was that quarterback they had uh, in 2019? It was fun to watch. Terry? What? Talking about touchdown Terry? No, no, no. The guy, the guy before that, he was a receiver converted into a quarterback. Oh, Bowden. Lynn, Lynn Bowden. Yeah, he's yep. a, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was fun to watch. I, I liked watching him play. I mean, it wasn't very – it wasn't a very uh, conventional offense and wasn't really best for production, but it was fun to watch. That was the that was the fourth down stop win. Uh, mm-hmm. the, that uh, was a fun game to be at. Yeah, the, the Indiana year. Mm-hmm. Uh, good for you. Good for you. How good can Vandy be this year? Like, let's say Clark Lee is all world best coach in the nation. How good can Vandy be? Four wins. Four? I don't. I don't yeah. think so. Who's their non-conference game? They're non. They have Colorado State, Stanford, and UConn. Hmm. And I give them 50-50 on UConn. They have to go to Colorado State. I don't know what they have. I mean, it's it, last time I saw them, they played with half a roster, and it was not very competitive. They they they, they probably would have lost to some high schools that day. So I don't know what exactly they have. I'm sure they have more than that, obviously, now with their recruiting class in. But how good can they be? I mean, maybe they can challenge Maybe they can upset someone if they get like three turnovers, but that's the best I can see them Trey, doing. Maybe like a few wins. Trey Wallace. Trey Wallace said he liked what they had going on at quarterback, but even if even if Clark Lee's a good coach and they have a really good quarterback, I don't see them beating half their non-conference teams. No, I mean, and it, it's no. gonna it's gonna suck for them because they're actually sitting in the top 25 in recruiting, and you just wonder if they go 2-10, and 10, how many of those guys stick around. Yeah. What do they think they going to do? Do what? What are they, th- they thinking? Fans yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> I guess you just haven't – I guess when you see it, though, actually happen, it's a little bit disappointing. Hang well, on. I mean, I'm sure, they're, I'm sure they're coming for the education and roster spots. and You're not you – know, and you might not be wrong there. You know, maybe Clark Lee is the guy to finally do this. I hope he's not as a Tennessee fan. But being in Nashville, being in one of the biggest cities in the South is a huge advantage in recruiting. It can be if you take advantage of that, which Vandy has seemed to never do. But if you can really tap into that and with the NIL and everything, it can be a little dangerous. And maybe he's the guy to finally do it. He's young. He's a Vandy alum. So maybe he is. I hope he's not. I think Clark Lee's the best they've had since James Franklin. Yeah, that's fair. He's better than Derek Mason. He's better than Derek Mason. <laughs> I maybe, maybe I don't. I actually don't know. I mean, Derek Mason could call a good defense. So I guess we'll wait and see. Where's the hell out of a vest? Yeah, he does. So much they put in the case. All right, we got we got five minutes left here. Michael, you got anything you want to close us out with? 
big game that I've circled, Texas-Arkansas. What are your thoughts on that game? What are your thoughts on that game? I had to throw Texas in there somehow. You know I did. So, just as much as I think it could be a big game for Arkansas if they win, I think it could be a crusher for Texas if if they find a way to lose it, especially with, you know, you're, you guys are looking to come here. You guys are coming to the SEC. Man, what a what a blow if you lost to like a SEC West bottom feeder the year before you come to the conference. You need so, to win that game. You need, need to win, win that, that game. Because <laughs> it will be memes. It will be an un, ungodly unleash of memes and horns, horns down. Jokes. Yeah. Horns, horns down mean, will be the least of your worries at that point if you lose to Arkansas. Yeah, that will – good Lord. Oh, my God. I mean, unless Arkansas is really good, which I don't see happening. I could see them having a, a decent year. I don't no. know if they're going to be really good. I don't know if they're going to be top four in the West. But I could see them at that five spot, maybe, depending on how well they play, uh, what Sam Pittman can uh, bring out of his team this year. It really well, this all, is just a monster. really all comes down to if K.J. Jefferson can pick up on that Browse offense. I feel like that his offense is so like quarterback driven. You know, they have a great coaching staff. I mean, if I'm, I'm honestly jealous of their coaching staff. I'd kill for Kendall Browse to be ROC. I don't know how no bigger programs has scooped him up. And Sam Pittman did it right with uh, being a coach because he, he didn't take a huge salary. They, because um, they wanted to, Hire high quality staff members, and that's really smart. Instead of accepting a big paycheck yourself, they got all the Walmart money, so not sure it hurts them that much. But yeah, you got a true freshman quarterback. Where is the game? Arkansas. It's in Arkansas, so they'll be. I'm. Texas should win that game. They they should win it by like a couple touchdowns. Oh yeah. Unless Arkansas just gets momentum on their side in the crowd against Texas. I mean, I'm sure y'all are going to bring like 20,000 fans. Oh, yeah. 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 That's that's not that far of a drive. Not, not, for, Arkansas the, not for the Texas fan really, base. No. no for the no. fan bases that spend a lot of money. Yeah. Arkansas fans know well. They're, they like to travel. But, uh, All right, guys, we're going to close this one up, take it on out of here. Big thanks to Austin Brown and Ben Ganey for joining us. You guys make sure and check out their pages. Um, the Channel TM page over there with Austin and his podcast. And um, uh, Oh, God. The, Bennett, help me out. <laughs> uh, so, so our, you can follow you can follow crunch time plays on on twitter and instagram at, at plays crunch and then and then subscribe on on youtube apple Podcasts, and spotify just you know we cover i cover mainly most of the uh, most of the sec obviously the strong listener base is in south carolina I cover all the sec and and a lot of the na- a lot of you know a lot of national a lot of the national conversation as well so so if you want pretty much, you know, if you want, if you just love talking college football, definitely, definitely check it out and definitely have, have, have had a lot of great guests on and doing some mixing in some solo episodes too. So it's really been fun.
I almost said clutch time plays, and I knew that wasn't right, so I figured I'd just, let, <laughs> just go ahead and let you correct me before I mess hey, it's, up. It's all good, brother. All right, guys. Thanks for joining yeah. us today. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks so much. Thank you, thank you, Cody. Love it.